1: Atlassian. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
2: All right, everybody. It is Thursday... July 27th, 2023. It is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. I'm not doing the X thing. Don't even try it. It's not happening. Twitter. Here, now, and forever. But you can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. And how can you not if you are a combat sports fan? Because there's so much stuff going on this week, heading into this weekend. Obviously, we got UFC 291 on Saturday. Main card is really good. Some very interesting storylines. Main event is unbelievable. We got Spence Crawford. We got Bellator versus Ryzen 2. We got the Ryzen card right after that. Just a ton of stuff going on. And we got some exciting news yesterday on the MMA Hour. It's going to be a very fun week in Dallas for Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Not only will I be there, but we found out that the entire MMA Hour crew is going to be there. Ariel, New York Rick, GC, Mysterious Frank, the whole shebang, the whole crew, all going to be there. And it's going to be a great time. Lots of fun content, live shows. It's going to be amazing. So... Keep it locked to MMAfighting.com, obviously, this weekend and throughout next week. You can also head to MMAfighting.com right now because our own Stephen Morocco dropped something very interesting, something that took him a long time to put together. The how to judge an MMA fight piece is live on MMA fighting. Like I said, it took a, a long time for it to put together. There's different scenarios. There's a some quizzes to learn more about the judging and the craziness that goes into judging for mixed martial arts bouts. I highly recommend you check that out. Go through it. See how you do. And it's just really good stuff. So kudos to the great Stephen Morocco for putting that all together. I know what an undertaking that was, but I'm glad to see that it is live. So let's go to you all. Let's get this party started. And we're going to kick this off with Derek on a Thursday morning. Derek, what's up, man? Hey,
3: how's it going, Mike? Uh, I saw Sean Strickland in an Instagram comment said something along the lines of the UFC uh, didn't get a deal done with him uh, fighting Izzy. Have you heard anything about this? That's my question, man. Have a good day.
2: So... I have not. I mean, I saw, obviously, social media comments. I know Strickland mentioned something on Twitter as well, saying that the UFC didn't want it. I don't know what that means. Um, I am really dove into it much more, if we're being honest. Izzy called out. Strickland said that DDP wasn't going to be able to fight. Seemed to make sense, but who knows? Maybe DDP... Maybe the UFC came correct with an offer that DDP couldn't refuse to fight September 10th or September 9th, whenever that card is. I have no idea. Um, I will reach out more and see what's going on, but it just seemed like Izzy's going to fight in September. And it's just a matter of like, are they just going to convince DDP to do it and turn around real quick? I kind of hope that's not the case. Because I know DDP is dealing with some stuff and dealing with some injuries that he's dealing with heading into the fight with Robert Whitaker. And I kind of don't want to see him rushed into anything. Like, let this thing build. I'd rather see DDP at 100%. But, yeah, I'll dive into it a little bit more. I mean, basically, what I was told a while back when Izzy... It was probably the day after Izzy made that post saying that DDP's out, Strickland's in reached out to some people and they obviously thought that was very cool that Izzy would just call Strickland out like that, but there was no offer really made officially. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going to happen in September, but we are getting real close. We are what? Six weeks away from that card happening and we have no main events. It's tough. So I don't really know what they're going to do. But I'll try to dive into it a little bit more and talk about it tomorrow. Uh, Barbarossa, hello. Barbarossa.
4: Uh, hi, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I know this question has been asked a lot lately, but I want to ask you about the welterweight division. Do you think if Bilal doesn't fight, he he's going to uh, fight for the title because I see Shavkat coming uh, up and uh, Ian Gary, and if I think the UFC would prefer that one of the new generations come to the picture instead. I know that Bellad didn't fight for the fight, but he's been here for a long time, and I it's not that he's a really uh, marksable guy. Thank you, Mike.
2: So if you asked me this question, and it, it, we talked about this the last month and a half, two months, but if you asked me this like right after UFC 288, I would have said Bilal's in a really good position, but I wouldn't count on him getting a title shot because there was just so much unknown, like what was going on with Hamzat at the time and Usman. Because if they had booked Hamzat versus Usman, Bilal was completely screwed. And... I think there was a little more confidence that Connor was going to come back and fight Michael Chandler by the end of the year. I don't know how much wavering that confidence has gotten. So I would say the longer Connor is out of the picture, the better it is for Bilal Muhammad. And at this point, if you're Bilal Muhammad, you want the UFC to announce this Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington fight. And the further back it goes the riskier it gets for Bilal Muhammad, because if Connor, Let's just say... Let's just say that everything goes to plan. Let's say Leon fights Colby, co-main event at MSG. And let's just say... I mean, it doesn't really matter who wins that fight. But let's just say Colby wins the fight. Let's say Colby wins the title. I would be stunned if... Leon gets an immediate rematch, unless it's like a controversial decision of some kind. And if Connor fights Chandler in December, I would say Bilal's chances of getting the next shot, are at best or 50, 50 because if Connor wins that fight, Paul ain't getting the next shot. If Connor demands a welterweight title shot. He's going to get it. And that's just the way that it is. So I feel bad. I would say I feel better about Bilal's chances now than I did after he beat Gilbert Burns. But I will not say with 100% confidence that Bilal is going to get the next title shot. I'd say 75-25. But this all depends on Connor. If we find out that Colby Leon are fighting in December or something, then I think Bilal's chances are better. Especially if... Leon can turn around quick. If they go back to London in March, they could do something there and have Leon headline. If he beats Colby, there is some heat on Colby blow, but I think Colby being the astute prize fighter that he is, will probably veer into a bigger fight or at least try. So I don't know. I don't know. Shavka's coming though. He's definitely coming. Let's go to JD. And let's not forget, if Wonderboy beats Michelle Pereira, he's in this He's in this conversation as well, even though Bilal just beat him. Wonderboy is just way more over than Bilal Muhammad. He just is. JD, hello.
3: Good morning, Mike. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Uh, first thing I want to say, I've been meaning to tell you this for a hot minute, but the theme song for Heck of a Morning, such a banger, I love it every single time I get to listen to it. It's great. I air drum along to it. It's great. It's wonderful. All right. So uh, I think you touched on it a little bit yesterday uh, in the episode, but I don't think anyone straight up asked, what are your thoughts on the Holland-Kiesa fight? Um, How do you think it goes? And does the winner... Uh, if Kevin Holland wins, does he get a place in the only rankings that matter? And then where do you think Bobby Green is in the uh, BMS, like all-time BMS? Um, Anyway, man, thank you so much for everything you do. I appreciate it. Toodle-oo.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah, theme song is a banger. Um, I mean, obviously, when – we put the show together and it was going to be a podcast. I was like, it's gotta be cheesy morning show, like local TV. Like imagine if this is a video show, bunch of flashes of me just doing weird arm crosses and drinking coffee out of the station's mugs and just cheesy as hell. And I think that theme song just, just nails it. Uh, Do we have Kiesa ranked in our rankings? We don't, actually. Uh, It's possible. I mean, Lorenz Larkin is fighting on Saturday, or Sunday morning, that is, fighting Andre Koreshkov in that rematch. If Lorenz loses... You know what? I'll, I'll probably let me see what my rankings look like do I have Holland I I wonder if I already have Holland ranked Uh, where is it hang on one second bear with me let me pull up my rankings real quick welterweight nope I don't have either of them ranked it's gotta be tight maybe he gets in over Ian Gary just because of the timing But if Ian Gary beats Jeff Neal, then obviously that's a whole different ballgame. Because right now I have Edward Shemaev, but he's probably going to be out. Usman, Covington, Shafcott, Amasov, Bilal, Burns, Brady, Thompson, Neal, Luque, JDM, Larkin, Gary. If Kevin just runs Michael Chiesa, I'll probably find a spot for him. It's a tough fight to call. It is. I mean, I, my gut is telling me that Kevin Holland's going to go out there and finish him, but mostly because of the time away. Chiesa hasn't fought in a while. It's been, what, 20 or so months since he's competed, and that was the Sean Brady fight that took a lot out of him. He's lost two in a row. He needs this one more than Kevin Holland. Like, Kevin Holland is in that territory, and he even talks about it himself, where – Titles don't matter. Rankings don't matter. People just like him and they feel a certain way about him and just want to see him fight. So none of that really matters to him. It's not about winning belts. It's about just fighting and making a ton of money. But if Chiesa gets takedowns and gets him early, it's not going to be a fun night for Kevin Holland. But I think Kevin has been working on his wrestling. He's kind of welcoming that. Feels confident that his game has improved enough. And I just think he's so much more athletic than Michael Kiesa at this point in his career at 35. Michael's been dealing with back issues and all sorts of stuff, but he seems healthy and ready to go. I like Mike a lot. He's got a great future in this business. When his fighting career is over, he's going to be on the broadcasts. He does a great job on the desk. He's going to get a lot of color commentary gigs. I'm sure we're going to see him maybe calling some apex cards with Brendan Fitzgerald or something sooner rather than later. I'm probably going to go Kevin Holland's some sort of finish. I don't know if he's, if he, yeah, I'll probably go with Holland, but we'll see. Interesting matchup.
0: Intel is the spark for the dreamers who do those with ambitious out of reach ideas, begging to become real solutions. They share a vision for how our world and our lives can thrive when bold thinking meets strong silicon. They dream of a life with no diseases, of cleaner, greener, more reliable energy, through the power of supercomputing. They dream of trust and privacy for all, of advancing and expanding education by bringing AI everywhere. Intel is the spark to start something new, to build something better, to know that no dream is too daring when you have the right foundation. It starts with Intel. Intel. Learn more at Intel.com/slash starts.
1: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better.
5: Don't, uh, you still want to call this Twitter Spaces, but you know it's SpaceX, right? It's uh, we are we are doing space shit up in here. But anyways, I want to talk about the media day because um, I'm kind of worried. Not gonna lie, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony. So listen, he said that he thinks he's entering his prime, entering his prime. And he thinks that he has five more fights and a title shot in him. And I'm just looking at his streak, thinking where he has been. Sorry, he's been he's been a tough watch, a tough hang, if you will. And I'm just worried that he is surrounding himself with people that are actually telling him that this is a good idea. Uh, I want this to be a retirement fight. Or if not this, I want the next fight to be a retirement fight. I want it to be as soon as possible. And instead was sitting here listening to him saying that he has five or six more fights in him. That worries me. I don't know if you heard the entire interview, but he was very all over the place. So could you talk a bit about that maybe? Uh, Thanks, Mike.
2: So it was definitely... uh... It was definitely very Tony Ferguson. I will say I didn't watch the entire thing because uh, there were a lot of Wi-Fi issues in Salt Lake City, which obviously I'm aware of. I was, I'm not there, but uh, I was on the media day circuit, if you will. So when we do that, we are watching, trying to watch live feeds and just see what's going on and think of how we're going to – Put out certain videos, if they're going to get articles, if they're just going to get video posts. That's sort of how we do it. And by the time Ferguson jumped on, all the Wi-Fi was just shit. Uh, I know there are some people who had to do multiple streams. It was just, it was rough. And it drives me insane that when you go and cover a media day and you cover an event like that, that you can't get pristine Wi-Fi in there. It just drives me insane. But... That's obviously not the media's issue. Hopefully there's ways around that in the future, but it just, it just drives me freaking nuts. But obviously he's just chucking knives on the table and talking about hunting bears and all sorts. I'm getting BJ Penn vibes and I don't like it. I don't like it. This whole, I'm the best I've ever been, I'm in my prime, Like these are BJ Penn vibes down the stretch of his career, whatever. I was like, no, man, no more fights. Why are you fighting Yaya Rodriguez? Why are you doing this? And he just kept saying the same things and just kept getting absolutely run over and melted by everybody that he fought. I didn't love the explanation to the Nate Diaz thing. Oh, you know, I wasn't taking Nate seriously. What are you talking about? Like, you didn't even know you were fighting Nate until the day before. Like, you were supposed to fight somebody else. So, I I don't love that vibe from him. Just seems kind of naive. I will say this, like, the more I look at the matchup, Tony could win. Like, I'm not completely counting him out of this fight. Like, the difference between Tony and BJ is... Like when BJ fought, you just knew he was going to get lose and you were just hoping that he didn't get brutally KO'd. And while I still have those feelings about Tony Ferguson, and I feel like this could be a very sad moment in watching him compete, there are avenues to victory for him. Like Tony's not going to be affected too much by the altitude. Tony just has insane cardio, he's a freak. And if Tony just comes out full bore and just puts a high pace on Bobby Green and can keep it up, get him to the mat, he's got a chance. But I just kind of feel like he's going to get battered for 15 minutes and lose a decision. But, yeah, I didn't didn't love what I saw. This has been Tony, like, the last few years of these media days. He's just all over the place. One question leads into – a bunch of crazy answers. And I hope, like, this fight could be fun. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. I just hope I'm not completely shattered when it's all over. Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, Mike.
6: Yeah, I mean, I really don't want to see Tony fight five more times. I would say maybe two no more three, but I just think five is just a ridiculous amount. And I would say three, including this fight against Bobby Green. Um, I think it could be a very, you know, fun fight, but i just concerned of the fact that, you know, what you said, he might, I think, didn't he say he ended up regrouping the same team that he had, I guess, um, when he fought Justin Gaethje? Um, if, th- if that's the case, I mean... I don't know. Hopefully, you know he has like a second win, but hopefully that second win doesn't last him too long. So where he's extending his career to the point where he's just getting smashed and and brutally hurt in fights. But um, yeah, I saw the interview. I'm like, man, I wasn't really like too uh, happy about what I heard. Um, Now I saw something on on Twitter, um, and it was an interview that um, Bisping had. Now, Bisping has said something along the lines of uh, John Jones is incredible. He's one of the greatest of all times, but I don't think he can hold a candle to Tom. When I heard that, I was like, you know, can we just kind of like relax? Because Tom and, Tom Aspinall ended up fighting Marcin Tyburro. I know that he's a, he's a great prospect and stuff like that, but I just feel like, you know, especially like the, the UK fans, they, they're, over, they're overhyping the fact that he ended up getting the, the victory over Marcin Tyburro. And what was it, like 73 seconds? I mean, my, Marcin Tibera has never been anybody of the ilk that we consider as a top five, top three heavyweight in the world. I would just, I would hold that sentiment if, you know, that, that Bisping has, if he stops somebody of a sur- surrogate or somebody inside the top five, that way, what's it called? All right, now we could get more hype. But I, I have a feeling that Bisping is just saying these type of things, just to try to you know juice things up and possibly get um, John Jones's um, what's it called um, attention. But uh, last thing is um, I wanted to talk about was uh, Alex Vera. I thought it was really funny. I about the whole Usada thing about he saying that Usada ended up following him. I really thought it was a Walmart what's called employee. But that's really shitty of Usada. I mean, like can't give the guy any privacy whatsoever. Not even shopping at Walmart, and for him to be videotaping him around. Just sort it was uh, pretty hilarious, but uh, that's all I got to say. Thanks, Mike.
2: Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I feel like Aspinall has a really good chance of getting a John Jones fight in the future. I feel like he can get over way more than Pavlovich and, and Jaylton can. I think he's got a personality. I think he's, I think he obviously is huge in the UK. I think that can translate over here in the United States, which is obviously very important for the UFC. I think he could be a guy that gets John's attention, but to say like, I'll just throw him in there with John. Now it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. John is intrigued slightly, but John isn't going to be like, isn't going to beat Stipe and be like, you know what I'm staying and only to fight Tom Aspinall. No, Tom's going to have to do some more work. He got John's attention, which is good. That's, that's part of the battle because Sergei Pavlovich did not. Did, was John asked about Pavlovich later on when he was about to go visit Australia? Sure. But John didn't tweet out a single thing after Sergey Pavlovich won. He didn't tweet out a single thing after Jeltsin Almeida tapped Jairgini Rosenstrike. But he responded to Tom Aspital, and that's a good start. But, yeah, to start fantasy booking that fight right now is, is a little premature. But we'll see what happens with Tom next. I liked the Gon-Spivak callout. If you want to do Pavlic, cool. Either way. But he's got to be one of those guys. And if he does the same thing, great. He looked better. Like, he, he looked in better shape. He looked more athletic. Like, he looked good. But that fight... No one, no one, was picking Marching Tiber to win that fight. No one was picking Marching Tiber to get to the second round in that fight. But I think a lot of people expected Tom to kind of just take him down and maybe submit him. But he just he looked he looked real good. That's what it's exactly what you wanted to see from him. It's exactly what you wanted to see from him. And the prayer thing is just again, this is why the fighters need to come together. Because they didn't have a say in this USADA thing, they didn't have a say in we can get you anytime, anywhere, they never say in any of it. So, but yeah, crazy ass video. I'm glad we got a little more, uh, a little more of an explanation.
4: What's up, Bloomin'? Good morning, Mike. Have a heck of a morning to you. So, so I just have a few questions. First, Who do you think has the most to lose on Saturday? Um, I was thinking maybe the winner of the, or sorry, the loser of the main event. Because then they'll be out of the title picture. But Derek Lewis and Tony both have a lot to lose, also being on such a losing streak. And Michael Chiesa, as you mentioned before. And I wanted to know since on the MMA hour yesterday, GC mentioned that rick's picks was your favorite work that you've done so i want you to know any other work that you're really proud of and also wanted to know if you could tell us who if you're allowed to say right now who's going to be on btl later and yeah that's it heck of a warning to you love from Sound. bye thanks man
2: Uh so i'll go backwards um BTL is just going to be me and Jed today. Everybody's, like, super busy. So I couldn't get... I literally couldn't get anybody. I couldn't even get anybody else from my fighting on this week because of everything going on and people being on vacation. So uh, we're, it's not going to be like... We're, we're going to take some questions, I think, at the end, if time allows. But we're going to just debate... Him and I are just going to chop it up. Uh, both the main event on Saturday. Everything going on Saturday. We'll, we'll talk more about Aspinall and a potential fight with John Jones and all that stuff. So, uh, 1230 Jed and I shooting the breeze, Mike and Jed sing the blues. It'll be a good time. So join us and we'll try to get some questions in at the end. Mm, I mean, the Rick's fix theme was awesome. That was, that was fun. I, I put that together. Uh, I was really into like production back then. Cause I worked in radio. So you don't just, when you work in radio, you don't just go and do a show. And then go home you have to do other things um, including production you have to work with clients to help record commercials sometimes the salespeople have different takes on what the message is going to be uh, so i learned real quick how to do production and put everything in and i somehow had some extra time one day and i put together the rick's Picks theme uh, after hearing like ariel kind of spitball when he was saying like the week before and then i put it together and played it for rick while i was hosting a different podcast he was like oh my god this is it um and this was like in 2016 i think i made that and to like hear it on the mma hour and then have like friends of mine who are mma fans like just text me out of nowhere being like oh my god they just said your name on the mma hour uh was pretty cool that was that was pretty fun yeah i was pretty proud of that one I've won some like awards for production. I got a couple of mass broadcasters award plaques for commercials I put together. So I was pretty proud of that. Um, Some heavily produced stuff with a lot of sound effects and imagery. Like when you can see things that you hear, Uh, I love doing stuff like that. So those are pretty cool. Most to lose on Saturday. To me, it's gotta be either Poirier or Gaethje because I feel like the loser of that fight is, is just cooked from title contention. Not saying they could never get back, but it's just the timing of their careers. Like, this kind of seems like the last chance for either of these guys to become a world champion. So, I would say that's on the line. Not to say that they can't still have like big, fun fights and make good money, but I think that dream of becoming the undisputed lightweight champion of the UFC is on the line for both of these guys on Saturday. I would say Steven Thompson has a lot to lose for that same reason. Like he's clearly not high up on the championship ladder, but he's not out of it. But if he loses to Michelle Pereira, he's probably out of it. Like the the championship dream dies. Derek Lewis, again, I mean, if he loses, it's tough, but. A win here doesn't do, I mean, just gets him back on track. Maybe get a fun post fight interview, but he's not fighting for the world title anytime soon. Um, And people just love Derek. So I don't think he's got a ton on the line here. And you can make a strong case for Alex Pereira, too. Just lost the middleweight title. Could have gotten that third fight with Izzy, but decided I'm going up to 205. I'm going to take this chance he goes out there and just gets run over by Jan Bohovic. that is not good. But short answer, it's the main event, guys. They have the most to lose for sure. Because the winner's going to get a title shot probably for the last time ever. And the loser may never get back there again. Unless something crazy happens. The only other thing I'll say is if Let's say Gagey, I'll get to you in a second, Viking. Let's just say if Gagey beats Poirier and Gaethje beats Makachev. Like let's say Makachev beats Oliveira and Gagey somehow goes out there and just runs over Islam Makachev and wins the belt. I can see Poirier Gagey 3 happening for the title. Other than that, it's gonna be tough. What's up, Viking?
7: Great pick, Mike. Uh, I can't. Justin Gitch is going to beat Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier looks very very stagnant uh, against Michael Chandler, in my opinion. So, Dustin Poirier gets the job done, I think. I mean, who's going to be on the panel of BTL tonight and pray for my cat? He's injured. Thanks a lot, Mike.
2: Uh, sorry to hear about your cat. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be Jed and I today, just the two of us. Uh, just debating back and forth. So it'll be fun. Um, Debate event's just a tough call, man. It's a tough call. I am leaning Dustin Poirier myself. I just think when you have a war like that, one time, the winner just gets, there's just something to the winner. You know, like the confidence there, like you know that you can beat this guy. And you did it five years ago before you were at, like, your absolute best. And now I feel like Poirier is way better. And so is Gaethje, obviously. Uh, And Gaethje took a lot away from that Poirier fight. His style overall, like, still chaotic, but a little more controlled. It all changed after he got stopped by Dustin Poirier. It all changed. I think from a betting perspective, I think you have to bet the dog here. Like if you're just gonna pick a straight up money line pick is between these guys, I think they are evenly close to evenly matched. So I think there is value on Justin Gagey at plus money. But if this line flipped and Gagey became the favorite and Poirier was the dog, I would I would say Poria is probably the better bet. I just think Poirier is better defensively, even though Gagey's like shored some things up. And I think I think Poirier is going to kick the legs a little bit more. I know Gaethje is obviously going to kick Poirier's legs. So I think we'll see a lot of leg kicking. Poirier has a chance to go to the body a little bit more. And I think, honestly, if this thing turns... I think if anyone gets a takedown in this fight, it's got to be Dustin Poirier. And if he does, I don't love Poirier. I don't love Gaethje off of his back. I really don't. I think Poria has more ways to win this fight. And I just don't know, like, I don't know if this is going to be a complete car wreck like the first fight. I think with what's at stake for both guys, do I? is it going to be super fun? Sure. But I think it's going to be a little more calculated than the first one. I think both realize that whoever wins is going to get Either Charles Oliveira, who has finished both of these guys, or they're going to get on Makachev, who is a tough matchup for both guys. And you want to get into that with your wits about you as best as you can. Now, are they going to take a little piece of each other in this fight? More than likely, yes. But I do think there's going to be some, some calculation to both guys' styles. Both guys sort of talked about it at media day. Both guys talked about it on first take at ESPN. Like it is going to be a really fun fight. I just don't think it's going to be an absolute maniacal. Just crazy ass fight. I I think it's going to be really, really, really good and really interesting, but I think Dustin's going to win. And I think it's going to go deep. Could go to the cards and it's going to be competitive and close. I'm leaning Dustin Poirier. I have zero confidence in that pick whatsoever. Um, Cause you're dealing with two guy like Gaethje, like go back and watch Gaethje Vaziv. Like Gaethje was more calculated in that fight. Yeah. He got a takedown, but there was a point in that fight where Vaziv like hit him and Gaethje didn't love it. And it was like, all right, mofo, you just woke me up and we got to see like kind of the crazier Justin Gaethje come back out. And I think if Dustin Poirier can bring that out of him, I think it favors Poirier in a big way. So, boy, it's so interesting. But I'm leaning Poirier. But if Gaethje wins, will not surprise you whatsoever. J-Stat, hello.
4: Hello, Mike. Good morning to you. You too, man. How do you see the Jake Matthews fight playing out and also thoughts on Matthew Burger versus uh, Euros Medic. Be all.
5: So,
2: I mean, Jake Matthews is probably just going to win a decision. It's kind of how I see it. I just think he's a better fighter than Darius Flowers. He's obviously fought way better competition than Darius Flowers. I just think it's going to be a veteran-savvy decision win. Not a fight we're going to go back and watch again. I don't know if Jake finishes him, but... I feel Jake Matthews' decision is, uh, is a fine play. Matthew Semmel, I, I, look, I like it. Euros match is fun. I just think he's going to be completely undersized in this fight. I think Semmelsberger is the way better athlete in this fight. And, yeah, I think Semmelsberg gets the win. Uh, I don't know if he gets him out of there. This might go to the cards, but, yeah, I like Semmelsberger in that fight should be a fun one, but I just think Semmelsberger is just too big and too powerful and too athletic for, for Euros as manage.
7: Let's go to Cole. What's up, Cole Good morning, Mike. I completely agree with your assessment of like not guaranteeing a total car crash in the main event. Like, I think people kind of forget about Poirier in that first or that second McGregor fight in that first round. He kind of like went for some takedowns and there's about three minutes of clinching in that whole first round. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Poirier tries to kind of slow it down a little bit. Um, but I just want your thoughts on if Derek Lewis loses this in a Derek Lewis fashion manner. Like I don't know. I was listening to BC yesterday. I don't know how you can match make this guy in the UFC anymore. Like, like that's a real problem. And I just want your expectations. Like, what are you what are you thinking for today's press conference? Are we finally going to get? like a decent press conference. I used to be super excited for these, like every pay-per-view, but I feel like recently it's just been a little lackluster. Just want your expectations on that. Have a good day. Thanks, man.
2: Um, Look, I don't expect anything from these pressers anymore. I don't think Corey and Gaethje are going to, like, start trash-talking each other. Kevin Holland and Kiesa might – Trash talk a little bit. I think it'll be kind of subdued. I don't know how much. I like I don't know how many media members that kind of go to the pressers and ask weird questions that piss Dana off are going to be there. So this isn't like a Vegas one. So I don't think I think it'll be fine. It'll just be like a. The thing I hate about the press conferences now is that these guys just had media day yesterday. So, like, what else can you ask them that you already haven't heard yet? You know what I mean? That's what kind of, that's just kind of tough. Like I miss, I miss the old media day structure. I long for the days where we can go back to that, where it's just like the fighters are sitting there. You can just go up and do one-on-ones and have like different kinds of conversations with them. Like I got just, we're just getting the same shit. So, and then the press conference is going to be more of the same. Honestly, maybe we'll try to get, I think Holland cast, Tony Ferguson's going to be a weirdo. Bobby green. will probably just kind of go after we'll kind of just feed right into it. Ferguson green will probably steal the show, but it'll be fine. I don't know. Where does Derek Lewis go? If he loses? lose, I'm actually, I actually think Derek Lewis is going to win this fight. Um, like if, like, if I'm looking money line here, like, Derek Lewis is back to plus 185, I think there's some serious value there. Derek seems healthy. He told a pretty scary story at the media day yesterday about blacking out before he weighed in for the Sergey Spivak fight. Like, if that's true, and I have no reason to believe that Derek Lewis is a liar, like, how could you allow him to fight? Like, how are you not aware of this? How could you say, oh, yeah, let's just go ahead with this one? It just seems really strange. And I, I get where Derek's coming from, from a business perspective. Like, the fight fell through, before, like, on the day of the fight, the last time they were booked. And then they finally, put like, put them back together, and dude's passing out before weigh-ins. He didn't want to, like, let the UFC down again and have to pull out the day before. So, yeah, it's tough. Seems in a good place. But if he loses, sheesh. Oh, like, I, I don't know why we haven't gotten Derek Lewis-Jarzinho yet. Like, that one just seems like it could happen at some point. You just chuck him in there with, like, the Romanovs of the world? Like, I don't want to see that.
3: I don't know. I do feel like Derek Lewis is going to win this fight, though.
5: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: Let's go to CV. What's up, CV? CV, are you there? All right. I'm not getting you. Uh, What about Chase? What's up, Mike? Can you hear me? Yep. What's up, man? Um,
6: So I've got a question about the the elevation in Salt Lake City was a big talking point during the card last year. Do you think that's something that camps and gyms are going to be preparing for and have at the front of their mind going into this card? Uh, that is all. Thanks, Mike.
2: I'm sure. I'm sure some of them are. I'm sure that's something that people have discussed. How can you not? I don't think it's going to have a huge factor on the main event, just because. I mean, look, Gaethje trains in Denver. Dustin Poirier is like he gets it. It's not like, well, I'm not going to take this seriously. He he talked about sleeping in those sort of uh, high elevation machines or whatever that somebody sent him and he was sleeping at 5,000 feet. Like I know it's different when you get in there and fight. I think these two are just going to sort of weather each other's storms for a while. So even whether it's in Salt Lake city or Vegas or wherever, I think how they're going to be down the stretch is going to be kind of the same. I'm not sure if it'll affect the co-main events it could certainly affect the Steven Thompson-Michel Pereira fight. I'm, con- I'm curious to see what Pereira does. Because obviously his best path to victory is to wrestle Steven Thompson and just take him down. But even like if he does that for seven or eight minutes and just spends all his energy trying to keep Steven on his back, like how much is that going to take out of him? So I do think there could be a factor there. could be in the Ferguson green fight down the stretch. And it'll certainly play a factor in the Derek Lewis, Marcus, jury to Lima fight if it gets out of the first round. So yeah, I think, I, I think the fighters are somewhat prepared for it. The ones that are like the wily vets, the ones that it could affect, I think they're ready for it, but there are certainly names that I'm curious about. It certainly affect Joe's affected Jose Aldo when he fought Murad DeWalish Willie. But even poor, you said like, look, I've, trained here I've ran I've climbed mountains and all that shit and I don't feel any different at all so some people deal with the different some people don't feel it some do some do I would uh I did a my the CrossFit workout today uh one of the the women that does did the class this morning brought in I think he's like 12 years old he's a wrestler travels around the country and does a bunch of wrestling tournaments um his, he wants to be a UFC fighter. So his mom was like, oh, you know what Mike does for a living? He does this. So he asked me like a million questions. Uh, and he told me that he traveled to Salt Lake City for a wrestling tournament and he had to cut like four pounds for his matches and said even just cutting the four pounds, he felt it. He felt the difference. Uh, I know he's young, but even cutting four pounds for him, just going for a run, he felt it in his chest. He felt it a little bit more, he felt it a lot more than than other places, so I think it just affects everybody differently, but I don't think it'll be for the major matchups here. I think Pereira is a big one. I think Chiesa will be an interesting one. Maybe Bobby Green. I don't think it'll factor the main event at all, and maybe it affects the co-main event. Maybe, I don't know. I guess we're going to have to wait and see, but I'm sure the fighters are well-versed on Oh crap! We're fighting at altitude.
3: CV, do we have? Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Heck of a morning. Uh, I hopped on this late. Um, have you guys talked about uh, Vicente Luque yet?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. We haven't talked about. It
3: yeah, yet. no. Like, I just want to comment on that. I know, like, we're we're heading into fight week. I mean, uh, I mean, to Saturday, we've got some big fights coming up. But uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys uh, seen in the news, but like, he had a brain hemorrhage. He suffered from that um, Jeff Neal fight. Uh, Last year, and he's fighting like a couple weeks, too. And like, I'm kind of surprised he didn't retire after that, because like that's some pretty scary stuff. man. But um, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean,
2: yeah, I I honestly wasn't even aware that was happening, Um, because obviously we when we we know these commission meetings are coming up, we saw Luke's name on the list. And I was like, the hell is this? is this, did he test positive? Like what was it? And then we found out what it was, but he was cleared. So, I mean, look, we've seen fighters come back from Moya Moya. Josiah Harrell's kind of dealing with that right now. Uh, I don't think it was this. I think that's something that just accumulated over time and he got cleared. So yeah, it's a weird situation and hopefully he's okay. Someone did comment when I was talking about the Derek Lewis thing. I'm sure the doctors cleared him. Not Dana. Well, obviously. But still, you have to, at some point, just be like, yo, this dude shouldn't be fighting. He's falling down. He's blacking up or passed out before weighing in. Like, sometimes you just got to put your corporate foot down and be like, yo, this dude ain't fighting. Unless it's just like a big fight. Between, like, the fighter and... I don't know. It's just... Sometimes you just get to err on the side of caution. Like, was anybody hankering to watch Derek Lewis fight Sergey Spivak at 2 o'clock in the fucking morning? Like, that... that, Because I believe... Wasn't that the card where... That was supposed to be in, like, South Korea? All the road to the UFC cards? All the road to the UFC fights, right? And then they end up fighting, like, 2.30 in the morning? Like... that card was trash anyways. And it was like a slog to even get there. So it's not like you were losing a whole lot losing that fight, but I don't know. Maybe it, it just it's, it was concerning hearing Derek talk about it because Derek is not the type of guy that shows a lot of emotion. But you can tell like that whole thing freaked him out. I just don't know. And I, I'm, I don't blame... I don't know. I blame a lot of people for that. The dude shouldn't have been fighting. The dude's passing out as a heavyweight before getting to the scale for a five-round fight. He shouldn't be fighting. But that's just by two cents. Luckily, Derek says he's already on weight now. At least he said that yesterday. And we'll see how he does tomorrow morning. But all right, last call for calls, and then uh, I got to roll out of here. So the card is Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Cachuera. That's going to kick things off. Matthew Semelsberger, Yoris Medich, Sergey Vergara, Venetia Salvador, Jake Matthews, Darius Flowers, Roman Kopilov, Claudio Ribeiro. And then we get Derek Lewis, Marcus Jerry de Lima. Featured prelim, Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles. And then we get to the main card, which is real, real good. Kiesa Holland, Ferguson Green, Thompson Pereira, Bohovic Pereira, Poria Gachi too. Just going to be a fun ass main card. I get why Derek Lewis, Marcos, and Jerry DeLima is not the featured prelim, because that that could end very, very quickly, or it could be just. 15 minutes of pain. But it's heavyweight, so... It's kind of funny. But, I don't know. Hopefully that fight's just super super fun.
6: Yes, 4 on Sniper. Take hey, heck good morning. Uh, two things. Uh, what time is the watch party going to be starting uh, on Saturday? I guess, uh, if you guys are Eastern time. Yeah, just what time Eastern time for you guys? And then... Assuming Islam beats Charles, who do you think has the better shot of beating him? Would it be Dustin or Justin? I feel like Dustin Poirier has the better skill set. But then again, I don't know if you can really compare it to Justin's grit because I I don't know. I don't even know how to put it in words. Justin's just tough, and I could see him finding a way to get it done against pretty much anyone at 155. That's what I make.
2: Hmm. All right, so watch parties just start at 9.45 p.m. Eastern. We usually do, like, a five-minute countdown at 9.45, and then we go live at, like, 9.50. Just sometimes there's a fight going on. Sometimes we're reacting to something. Like, the last one we got to react to Robbie Lawler retiring with, like, the best retirement ever. So that was a pretty cool way to start it. So it'll start – we'll probably go live at, like, 9.50, and but the content will start around 9.45 as far as who has the better chance of beating Islam, it's probably Poirier. I mean, I'm picking. I honestly, I would, I would pick Islam to be both of them. I think Poirier's better off of his back. I think he's a better grappler than Justin Gaethje. Like, I understand Justin is a, you know, a highly touted wrestler. He's got really good takedown defense. But if you take Justin down, he is not great at getting back up. So it could be one of those situations where if Islam takes Justin down like early in the, within the first seven minutes, it could be a really, really rough night for him. I would pick Islam to be both, but I would sl- – give the slight edge to Poirier. I just think he's just – he's a little more defensively sound. It's better getting up off of his back when he gets taken down. Uh, more of a submission threat. Not that Islam's going to really have to worry about that. But at least Poirier is a little more squirrely off his back to be able to at least get back up to his feet and get to striking exchanges. is not as good as that. It is very difficult to take Justin Gaethje down, for sure. But one, if you do take him down, it's he's not great at getting back up. So that's why I slightly lean Poirier, but I would pick Islam against either of them. And there you go. All right, everybody. We are done. So thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow. 10 a.m. Eastern. We will do it again. Uh, Quick programming note. There will be no show on Tuesday uh, because I will be traveling to Dallas. So can't travel and do the show at the same time. So we'll figure out something. I might just like. I might like pre-record something. On Monday, like I'll solicit some questions. And I'll just do like a read them off Q&A. I'm supposed to be talking to the great Kenny Florian on Monday as well. So maybe I'll just parlay your questions and that interview into some show we can drop on Tuesday. And then we'll come back on Thursday and Friday uh, and do shows while I'm in Dallas. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun. And then BTL today at 1230. Hopefully BTL is extra fun next week. We're going to try to work on some details this weekend when I'm in New York. Um, But hopefully BTL could be like really, really cool next week. But uh, thank you all very much. Back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a great rest of your Thursday. And as always, have a heck of a morning,
0: Learn more at intel.com slash starts.